0: Gary DePaul with Unlabeled Leadership. Welcome to episode 101, Dave Barton, Courage, Values, and Decisions. Here's a shout out to listeners in Pennsylvania, specifically in Bethlehem, Camp Hill, Kennensburg, Exton, and McKeesport. With that, let's get started. If you're looking to improve the performance of your business, you might want to get to know Dave Barton. Dave consults with businesses, helping them improve how their organization performs, whether it's process or people. Dave is also an adjunct professor at Wilkes Community College, where he teaches business. And he also works for the National Park Service. He's been there for more than eight years now. He's a manager who oversees workforce development. Part one, Priorities and Values. On this podcast, the theme of valuing people and the people you work with comes up frequently. Regardless of what you do, your behavior should reflect how you value the people you work with, whether they're customers, employees, vendors or suppliers, or even business partners. In this story, Dave shares an experience he had while working at the National Park Service. Here's Dave.
1: The statement is, this isn't worth our time. And I'm going to tell you a short story about my buddy, George. George is a mentor to me. And like many mentors, uh, you don't always realize and capture the full you know, meaning and insights uh, when you're working with somebody, you're talking with them, sometimes until later upon reflection. Uh, and this was the case in this story. And, I was traveling out of town for work with this guy, George, and another consultant. We were meeting with a senior leader in our organization. We'd made arrangements to meet in the morning. We based our travel schedules around that and our other commitments and priorities to meet with the senior leader. And we worked together to come up with a plan to pitch to the senior leader and give some options. And we were excited about the prospect of working with this person to make some change. Sounds like a pretty good setup, right? Yep. Well, in the morning, we got ready and were there on time and had our plan together and we received notification that the meeting was delayed. Not a big deal. It does have some impacts in terms of your schedule and flights and family and that sort of thing. So I was already thinking about how I could you know, make arrangements to still make it work. Almost immediately, George said, this isn't worth, worth our time. And that was really shocking to me. We had some conversations and deliberations and I kind of tried to understand, but George ultimately indicated that he was going to hit the road and head out of town. And what he'd observed was a signal, a signal from the senior leader that this engagement wasn't critical or highly important. And at the time I thought, you know, no big deal. I'll be patient. This is important to me. And sometimes things come up. But in retrospect, George was right. It wasn't worth our time. And while I stuck with the project, spent several more months working towards it, it didn't pan out and it didn't pan out because it wasn't a priority and there wasn't that level of interest or engagement that there should have been to have a successful project. The lesson for me, Gary, is really about readiness for change. As leaders, we can encourage change and promote it and advocate for it, but we can't make it wholeheartedly. It's about the situation and opportunities. And if the time and energy and interest aren't there, I think it is healthy to question whether or not this is the right time and place. For me, that's been an important lesson to learn when I'm working in any project or with any leader is to really think about if this is a good use of our time, knowing that we can do other things with that time that might be equally valuable or, or even of more value. And that's the story.
0: It's really looking at the work that you're doing and how people that you work with perceive your work. There's a lot to be said about saying that, you know what, this is not worth the effort. Move on to something else. It's something that I think a lot of people, including myself, when I was a full time employee, just did not think of, did not consider priorities and what other people valued for work that, that, um, I don't know.
1: I'm not not even too sure how to say that. That makes me think about priorities, Gary. And most of my career, I've worked in a constrained environment, as I think most of us do, right, where we have limited time and resources. And in that environment, you know, managing priorities and assigning tasks and managing a calendar and saying no, you know, are some of the most important skills that you hear about in, in management. I often don't think about those things in terms of leadership, considering how to respond I looked at the word inspirational and tried to think through my career and my experience, think about someone's vision, you know, leadership in a more traditional sense. But I really came back to this idea of being able to make good decisions with what we have around us, and that includes other people. What I see so many times in my current environment is that we're just asking folks to do too much we're not giving very good direction about how to make decisions about what's more or less important. And I think a leader really has to be able to focus their limited time on those things that are most important. And they may not be able to articulate like that. And it's hard to say no, and it's hard to not to be in every meeting that a manager or employee wants you to be in. And I felt slighted when I you know wasn't in a, in a meeting or couldn't get a meeting with a senior executive, for instance. But I think I understand more fully that there really are some great opportunities to do powerful things, but you really have to devote the time and give it the mental space to focus on those things. And I still struggle with that because I want to do everything.
0: I think that's something so true when working in any organization is that we have a lot more control over our time and our effort based on how we prioritize things, for instance, but also on choosing where to emphasize our work. If something is not of value, and it's so interesting what your mentor, George said that, you know, this just isn't worth our time after the delay, knowing that, you know what, this is going to be a dead end if the senior person doesn't value the project enough to make it a priority to be on time for a scheduled meeting, then there's no need to go down that path.
1: I think what's important to me about the statement, because one way of hearing that this isn't worth our time is there's a a judgment applied to it. Like I'm not important or this other person or project is not important. And there may be an emotion tied to that. And I think in this case we really have to strip away those emotions and just make a an objective kind of evaluation of it just to say this isn't worth our time doesn't mean we're upset or there's some issue it just means our time would be better spent on some other things because of the factors that i described and i think that's okay and i think it's necessary i think good leaders make those decisions
0: part two what is really important in a team race In my books, I describe seven leadership principles. They're straightforward, easy to understand, but often they're difficult to put into practice. One of those principles is put others first. It can involve putting people before your priorities, your ego, your time, just to name a few. Corporate executives often say that people are the most important asset of their organization. The question is, what does that really mean? In this story, Dave illustrates the principle put others first. He describes how one person values another more so than some of the other things that are of importance. Again, here's Dave.
1: Gary, I'd like to tell two kind of short stories where I've seen examples of leadership. The first example I think of as the race, and this is actually a literal race. I had some family members that were interested in running one of these mud runs or adventure races. Have you heard of stuff like that or done one yourself? Yeah, This was maybe 10 years ago and we decided to run in this race, you know, kind of have an experience with it. We don't run marathons and we don't do triathlons. It was just kind of a social thing and we didn't do much training for it. Well, close to the start of the race, one of the participants dropped out. So we had to pull somebody in. Running the race was my sister's idea. So she pulled in one of her friends and we all got there the morning of the race and we're all excited and ready to go. And, you know, it was a team race though. And you had these electronic trackers that you wore. And so you were uh, supposed to run and finish as a team. Immediately within the first minute of this race, you know, when the starter's pistol sounded, the field was already super spread out. Most of the race was actually in the sand. It was at the beach. And I don't know if you've ever run in sand. It's hard. It is incredibly difficult. So you take some people that necessarily completely well-trained, you add in somebody that you know, wasn't expecting to be there at all. It was a challenge and people all around us already were, some people were way ahead, some people were walking completely out of breath. My sister is the person that describing as a leader, she decided to stay with her friend. They did the best they could and kind of brought up the rear of the pack. Another member of our party ran on ahead and left us completely. And then I stayed with another family member kind of somewhere in the middle. I think the outcome of this was that my sister focused on the relationship with this person, not on the outcome of the race. This is really maybe a personal reflection in that I am very, very task-oriented in my work at home. And it's easy to lose sight of you know the process that you use to get somewhere or the people that you're with. And I think my sister gained an important relationship in this example in that she focused on believing in someone, encouraging someone, sticking with them when times were tough. Other people had essentially abandoned um, this person. And we'd kind of lost sight of the objective, which was finishing together. The leadership lesson for me was really in focusing on the relationship focusing on the process, even though, you know, in this case, the leader was somebody whose idea it was to do this thing and who would probably train the most for it. They ended up not really challenging themselves or getting the exercise they wanted or the score they wanted because they, you know, made a sacrifice and, and made a decision to stick together with another teammate. And that experience stuck with me.
0: So much of that carries over into corporate life, even when you're working with a team. If you're managing a team, you got to think of the larger picture about the development of people. And what immediately comes to mind is if someone doesn't know how to do a particular task or isn't experienced with a project, it's more important to help that person get through that experience and learn from it. Even if the project or task takes longer or takes more effort on your part having to coach and train someone to be able to do it you got to look at the bigger picture at developing that person so that they can make better contributions to the team show that they're valued as being part of the team by giving them more responsibilities and enabling them to contribute more
1: i agree with your words although i struggle with that a lot still and so it's easy to you know it's easy to say that in practice that can be harder to do when you've got expectations you've got pressure Sometimes it's easier to, to do things yourself. Oh, definitely. Put more on the back of a high performer, cut the person that, you know, is the weakest link in terms of their performance on a project. I think about a small team I was leading, I was really saw myself as somebody that was an innovator. You know, whether that was true or not is, is not so much important. It was the perception of that. There were a number of change initiatives. And what I didn't realize until perhaps it was too late was that not everybody was coming along together. I had you know, high performers and somebody kind of in the middle, and I had one or two people that really were struggling just to keep up. And the change that I thought wasn't so significant and was good for everyone was a source of stress. And I really hadn't done a good job of bringing them along. And I, and I think about that in the kind of the metaphor of a race, where you think about a, a field or you know a, a street with racers and people at all different places. And if you are really focused on a team and the, the success of a unit and organization, you got to think about where everybody is. So I would agree with your assessment got another quick story. And this is, I think, more about organizational leadership and also community leadership. I have a a young child who is medically fragile and who has spent several weeks of her life in the hospital for breathing issues, even the ICU. Uh, In the time of COVID, it's been a little bit stressful and we've been very cautious and have tried to make good decisions for our family, knowing that could affect our youngest. Many people have had to make tough and tougher decisions than this. But one of the things that stuck out for me was the leadership exhibited by the president of our local community college. His name's Jeff, Jeff Cox. I live in a rural community where there have been lots of different views about the pandemic and about how to you know, behave the same or differently, about how to get treatment or not get treatment, how to prepare, get vaccinated or not get vaccinated, to wear masks or not wear masks. You can't make an assumption here that folks are all on the same page. Yeah. But that said, you know, the vast majority of folks here, I think, have advocated for personal liberties and continuing on, keeping businesses open, keeping schools open. And that's been our experience. And so on one side, I've gone to the school board meeting and advocated to do everything we could in school for school safety and felt like I had very little influence and very little control. And it was tough to know that I couldn't maybe keep my kids as safe as I wanted in this situation. On the other side of that was the community college environment. I teach class as an adjunct there. So I'm, I'm kind of tied in with the communications there. And I saw the president of the college making what I think were really tough choices to take a really clear stand that the safety was going to be really important, that classes would be virtual, that there would be testing and reporting. Vaccinations were first available and then encouraged. And then I think there's some kind of incentive now to get vaccinated. I don't know if they're required, but decisions about you know the pandemic that clearly there are people in our community and other staff and faculty members that would be very, very against. And I saw this person take a stand and put themselves out there. And so to me, the the feeling was for this leader that they exhibited courage, and I knew that they definitely made some sacrifices and that they probably lost some support. They probably lost some staff members, maybe some donors. I don't really know enough about the situation to ascertain the, the full outcome. So I can only speak the outcome for me, Gary, and that was gain trust. I got a sense of stability and I knew that whatever was happening in that environment, that I was in the best hands and that I could trust this person and this organization. And that gave me a sense of stability and loyalty to the organization. I just wanted to share that story because it makes me think more about the community as well as the organization. Part three, doors
0: of opportunities. The concept of leadership is Well, somewhat easy to learn, but it's more difficult to put it into practice. That's why guests offer their advice to save us time and effort in trying to develop our leadership. Like others on this show, Dave offers advice so you can learn from his experiences. Here's Dave.
1: In the field of personality psychology, one of the commonly referenced models that I encountered was called the big five. And it's often referred to as the you know, the five traits associated with personality that are generally stable and, and unchanging. You can look this up. There's a lot of research on it. It goes back a long time. And there are some other models, certainly of personality psychology too. One of the traits that stuck with me was openness. And I think about this in terms of openness to new experience, but it can mean being creative, being spontaneous. It can mean uh, trying new things, I really think about this in terms of a challenge. And so the challenge would be for listeners within the next week to look left and look right and see if you can find something that's a new opportunity or experience. If you can't you know, make one for yourself, ask yourself, what can I learn from this? Or let's consider this, or let's see how it goes. And that's my exhortation for, the, for your listeners, Gary, to try something new and think about it with uh, openness to new ideas or experience
0: and then by doing so it's another way of trying to develop yourself and potentially developing the people around you
1: yeah absolutely i think one of your principles gary is about continuous development yeah being able to have an open aperture a little bit to try to catch more of what's going on around you in the periphery or further down the road i think is critical just being open to that possibility
0: my thanks to dave barton if you'd like to learn more about dave Go to the show notes. If you have a question or comment, go to unlabelleadership.com, click the message icon, and you can leave a voicemail message for up to one minute. I'd like to thank those who contribute to the show. Your contributions makes a difference because this is an all volunteer service. Lastly, I'd like to thank you for listening. This is Gary DePaul. Until next time, lead on.